Welcome back to the Trauma-Informed Herbalist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. And yes, you heard that correct. I am Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. Just a few days ago, I got the news that I finished the final requirements. I now hold a PhD in natural medicine. My specializations were in naturopathic psychology and herbalism. And I'm really thrilled to be part of the Kingdom College of Natural Health alumni. I chose that program specifically because I knew it would be more intense. And because of my extensive background, Dr. Harbuck worked with me to personalize my program so I could study even more of the things I was interested in. I ended up completing 10 thesis projects that included a 5,000-word thesis paper for each project. And my final exam ended up being over 18 hours long. It took two days. It was grueling. I hope to never see something that intense again. I will tell you that if you don't have a significant background in natural medicine, there's a much more course-heavy version of the PhD. So if you're thinking about reaching out to them, I'm not trying to put anybody off of that because they do have a very wonderful, flexible set of offerings. So yes, I'm definitely excited, I'm celebrating, and I want to say thank you to all the encouragement that you have shown me. The, the listeners of this podcast have been very, very encouraging with the, the comments and the emails that I get, so thank you for that. Today, we're going to dig into adaptogenic herbs. We're going to talk a little bit about why adaptogens are extremely important when somebody's working on healing from trauma. And I'm also going to talk a little bit about the times where I tend to shy away from adaptogens when somebody's struggling. We will talk for a minute about what constitutes an adaptogen, and then we'll talk about some of the herbs that have adaptogenic qualities, but maybe don't match the definition of adaptogen that we think of when we're considering an official list of adaptogenic herbs. As I've mentioned before, please consider this podcast more of a brainstorm to help you start researching what might help. This information can't possibly constitute individual advice because I'm talking to a broad range of people. So make sure you do your research, check safety information, make sure there's no drug interactions with anything you're taking, and consult professionals if you're unsure whether or not something's the right choice for you. All right, so adaptogens. What are adaptogens? The most broad definition of adaptogenic herbs are herbs that have the ability to help the body to adapt to stress. When you find the right adaptogen for you, you'll usually begin to feel a lot of resiliency that you had lost through dealing with unresolved trauma. If you find yourself really interested in adaptogens, David Winston has written a book called Adaptogens, Herbs for Strength, Stamina, and Stress Relief. And this is a really interesting book that gets into a lot more of the chemicals, a lot more of the reason that the, the different adaptogens work really well for different situations. And he has an entire chapter dedicated to adaptogens and the stress response that can help you to understand more about how adaptogens work on the body during stressful times. So if we're considering adaptogens, herbs that help the body to adapt to stress, How are they different from nervine tonics? How are adaptogens different from a lot of the different tonic herbs that are available? Well, there's actually a definition that consists of essentially three parts that help you determine whether or not something is an adaptogen. There are herbs that have adaptogenic qualities that maybe don't fit all three of these categories. 
But the official list of adaptogens that has been created over the years comes from herbs that fit into these three categories. The first requirement is that the herb has to be generally recognized as safe and non-toxic in normal doses. The second is that it has to give a generalized response to stress. So it's almost like it has several different ways that it helps the body to be resistant to stress instead of a very specific action on a specific body system. The third piece is that it has a balancing effect. So instead of always lowering or always raising something, it helps to balance things back out. So if something's too high, it helps to bring it down. And if something's too low, it helps to raise it back up. So those are your three aspects. It needs to be safe and non-toxic. It needs to have a general action and it needs to have a balancing effect. So the fact that adaptogens are safe and non-toxic and they have this balancing effect on the body with the general overall stress resistance makes them an amazing option for trauma care. While I normally reach for nervines first, I'm normally trying to help somebody get some nervines that help them to feel like they're getting some results. I very quickly also bring in some adaptogens to try to help to build some resilience. Adaptogens are also helpful because you don't have this long list of contraindications or possible side effects. So if somebody has a lot of trauma that has come from a medical procedure or doctors in general, they don't have a long list of side effects to be looking for. They don't have this worry in the back of their mind that what if the adaptogens create the same kind of issues that I had before. Now the caveat to all this is that there are stimulating adaptogens and there are relaxing adaptogens. So that's why I say when you find the right adaptogen for you, you will have this sense of resilience. But if you're using an adaptogen that's not really what you need for where your nervous system is, where your body state is, you may find yourself feeling worse in that moment or feeling more heightened or feeling more dissociated. There are just several ways that this can present. This happened to me with rhodiola when I first started experiencing these unresolved trauma symptoms. I had been using rhodiola because it's known to be really good if you've been working out. It helps your muscles to recover faster. And I found that it was a very helpful option for me with my workouts up until I started dealing with trauma symptoms. So once unresolved trauma symptoms started surfacing for me, I would take the rhodiola after my workouts and I would pretty quickly descend into a feeling of panic, hypervigilance, very much a stimulating effect from the rhodiola. And I thought something was really wrong with me. Like I began to think that I was, something was severely wrong with my heart or that there was some major failing in my body, that the stress that I'd been under had caused some sort of massive breakdown. I mean, of course, a lot of this was just the anxiety running rampant in my head, right? But that was what was happening. There was just these feelings of complete loss of control, complete failure. It was very awful. I felt very broken. And rhodiola is talked about as this wonderful adaptogen that's very helpful to build resilience. And so why was my body rejecting it? Why was I the person that couldn't get the benefits from rhodiola? And it added to my stress. There, there was a significant impact on how I felt as far as my stress levels and things like that until I began to realize the difference between relaxing and stimulating adaptogens and the way that that works on your nervous system especially after dealing with trauma and trying to handle extreme stress. 
So stimulating adaptogens like some of the ginsengs and rhodiola tend to encourage more nervous system activity. If you are already prone to being in a sympathetic nervous system state where you're having some of the jumpiness, the hypervigilance, that kind of thing, they can make it worse. Not always. So there's some exceptions to this, which we don't have enough time to get into here, but like there are times where it won't have that effect. But if you're finding yourself having that effect from those herbs, just know that that's okay. That does happen. And you probably want to switch to more of the calming and soothing adaptogens. Ashwagandha and Shazandra are two really wonderful relaxing adaptogens that will have that that effect of bringing you back into almost a ventral vagal state of calm connectedness. While we normally think of ashwagandha as part of Ayurvedic medicine, we also see it used in medicines that are coming from African healing systems. If certain hormones are imbalanced, ashwagandha has been known to really help to rebalance things that are happening in the endocrine system. It tends to be my go-to when somebody is has been dealing with a lot of stress over a long period of time. So honestly, with the last three years and how things have been for us here, this is a herb that almost anybody could benefit from at this point. It also has analgesic and antispasmodic properties that can make it a great option for somebody who's dealing with chronic pain, especially if it's related to an inflammatory issue because ashwagandha also has anti-inflammatory properties. It's great when somebody's dealing with a feeling of nervous exhaustion. So even though it's relaxing in nature, a lot of the times anxiety and nervousness burns our energy out and makes us more tired. So when we can use something like ashwagandha that helps to relax things to where we're not having to manage all that nervous energy, we actually end up with more healthy and useful energy. Along the same lines of fatigue, it can also be helpful for brain fog, especially when that brain fog is coming from fatigue. So the other herb that I mentioned, Shisandra, is a wonderful option when somebody is working to calm their mind, get back into a more mindful place, and maybe even restarting some meditation. My caveat here being, of course, as we've mentioned before, that meditation can actually exacerbate trauma symptoms and so there may be times where it's better to not do meditation until you've had a little bit more processing and got a little bit more of the the actual trauma resolved but sometimes I have clients who they get to a point they say I want to go back to meditating because I think I'm at a point where it would be healthier for me and I encourage them to use Shazandra as uh, you know about 20 to 30 minutes before they want to sit down to meditate And several people have had success with using this as a way to help them ease back into a meditation practice. I really love how Shizandra helps with soothing the autonomic nervous system and bringing all of those subconscious processes back into a very resilient place while also helping the brain to be more focused and alert. So that kind of dual action is a wonderful piece of Shizandra. There is a possibility that Shisandra may interfere with the way that certain medications are metabolized by the body, so it may be worth looking into that if you're considering Shisandra as an option. So we've talked a little bit about stimulant adaptogens, relaxing adaptogens, and now I want to talk for a few minutes about some herbs that have adaptogenic qualities. 
Tulsi, which is also known as Holy Basil, Shatavari, and Cognopsis. Tulsi has had a lot of research done recently around its ability to help people who are dealing with blood sugar issues. And many times when we have significant trauma that's occurred and we're living in a heightened stress response, blood sugar can become a problem. So holy basil or Tulsi is a wonderful option in those scenarios. Tulsi has a very spicy flavor that I love in a glycerite. And I have fallen in love with the energetics of Tulsi. So it has a very strong action on several parts of the chakra system. And of course, you all know that one of my first loves was energy healing. And so I really have enjoyed the etheric qualities of Tulsi as well. The warming sensation of Tulsi can be helpful for circulation. It can help to relieve brain fog that's coming on from different forms of stagnation. And it's a really good addition to several different forms of tea. So it's really easy to get a little bit more Tulsi in your herbal regimen. My friend Ruth Shelton is known as the Empirical Herbalist. And on her website, theempiricalherbalist.com, you can find a sweet Tulsi tea that has Tulsi, red roses, jasmine, cinnamon, and cardamom. And I'm addicted, so I encourage you to check that out. This was not a paid advertisement. I'm just kind of in love with this tea. All right, so let's talk about shatavari. Shatavari is almost an a herbal ally for me more than it is the physical components. And not that it doesn't have very good physical components, but it tends to be the herb that brings back hope when somebody has been struggling for so long, it feels like everything is lost. Shatavari embodies a sense of connection, and I, I have found that very hard to replace with other adaptogens. She just specifically has a very encouraging feel that you don't necessarily get from the other adaptogens. So in my experience, when somebody is just completely run down and they just feel like they've tapped out all their resources, Shatavari is my go-to. And I do want to clarify Holy basil, shatavari, and codonopsis are not actual adaptogens from the definition we discussed at the beginning, right? But I have found that they have very similar properties to adaptogens. They may possibly be adaptogens and just haven't necessarily passed the test to be considered an adaptogen. So I apologize where I'm calling shatavari an adaptogen as if she is a labeled adaptogen, but she does have adaptogenic qualities. And so that's what I'm really talking about when I'm talking about these different herbs that aren't necessarily labeled adaptogen, but they do have adaptogenic qualities. And the final herb that I wanted to spend a moment on that's in this kind of possible adaptogenic group is cottonopsis. Cottonopsis is a tonic in traditional Chinese medicine. So somebody who is very very run down, doesn't really have anything left, no resilience, no strength. They tend to be the people that are going to benefit from cottonopsis. If you've done research into ginseng and you've tried a couple of forms and you feel like it's too stimulating, but you could use some of the benefits from it, cottonopsis has many of those benefits with a much more mild feel. So cottonopsis might be an appropriate substitution for ginseng in those situations. 
So we've talked about a lot of very helpful adaptogenic type herbs today. And you may be thinking, gosh, I could use a little bit of all of those. And I completely understand. But when you first start working with adaptogenic herbs, especially the true adaptogens, I think it's best to try one at a time and see how you do. Using one at a time gives you a good idea of how you're responding to the specific herbs and it can help to zero in on what's going to be most effective for you in the long term. There are a lot of companies that make really good adaptogenic blends. I know many herbalists that have adaptogenic tincture blends and things of that nature, but I really encourage you to start your journey with just taking one at a time and seeing how you respond to each of them. I was just interviewing for a podcast the other day and we were talking about adaptogens and the podcast host mentioned to me that she had taken an adaptogenic blend and it just made her extremely wired, extremely anxious, left her feeling very, very overwhelmed. And instead of healed, it left her feeling very burnt out. And I suspect that there were stimulating adaptogens in that blend that did not work well with her constitution and with the place where her nervous system was at that time. And I know that I've talked a lot about stimulating adaptogens and how the response in the nervous system can sometimes, if you are more inclined towards a sympathetic response, the stimulating adaptogens can actually make things worse. But you can have some problems out of relaxing adaptogens as well. So if you find yourself trying a relaxing adaptogen and then you have a hard time afterwards feeling like you're spacey, like you can't ground back into your body, then you might actually go for a more stimulating adaptogen. That may be the time where rhodiola is going to make the biggest difference for you. So just remember what we've talked about. This entire season has been about, it's not that my body is broken. It's that there's things that need rewiring. And this takes time. It takes a little bit of creativity. And it definitely takes a lot of patience and honoring your body where it is right now. If you loved meditation before you had trauma, or you want to try meditation and you love the idea of meditation, but now you're struggling with it, that's okay. It doesn't mean you'll never be able to meditate ever again. It's just you may have things that you need to do to get to that point. You may not enjoy rhodiola right now. And it may be, man, I would love to have that because I'd love to be able to have more stamina in my exercise, but it just makes me a jittery mess. Join the club. It's okay. What will eventually happen is when you work with your body and you work with the unresolved trauma and you bring things back into balance, you'll be able to use a little bit of rhodiola again. All is not lost. All is not over when it comes to these things. It's just a matter of adjusting and playing Nancy Drew or Sherlock Holmes or Encyclopedia Brown or whoever you want to imagine yourself being as a detective on this case and giving yourself the grace when things don't work out, but also being able to see how far you've come over the last six months. And those small little successes add up. In the moment, you may not feel like you're getting anywhere, but when you look back over a year, two years, you'll be able to see the difference. All right, I'm really grateful for all of you that have listened. I'm really thrilled that you're interested in this. Thank you for everybody who has reached out asking when there's going to be new episodes. We do have several more episodes to go before this season is over. 
We're about to have a couple of episodes on aromatherapy, and I'm actually going to be able to give you a little bit of a sneak peek, sneak peek into the next book that's going to come out in April of this next year on trauma and essential oils. So I look forward to it. I thank you again for being here. Thank you for listening. And if you have questions, reach out to me, Elizabeth at EmpathicCoaches.com, and I'll catch you in the next episode.